Welcome to CBO Speaks, the official podcast of the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO Susan Wheeler Johnston, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission for this podcast is to ask chief business officers to reflect on their careers, share personal examples of the ways they have navigated challenging situations, and offer some lessons that they've learned from their experience as a CBO. You can find resources for today's episode, as well as a wide variety of research and tools at nakubo.org. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to CBO Speaks. Thanks so much for being here today. My name is Megan Strand, your host, and I am excited to be joined today by Ron Cortez, who is Chief Financial Officer and Vice Chancellor, Division of Finance and Administration at the University of California, Irvine. Welcome, Ron. Thank you, and thank you for having me, Megan. I really appreciate this. Such a pleasure. Well, let's jump right in here. 2020 has certainly been an interesting year, to say the least. So, Ron, if you could go back to this time last year and teach yourself just one thing, what would that be? Yeah, that's a good question. And and as you mentioned, there's been so much really going on this year and really requiring us to be uh, really flexible, uh, adapting to change, and in order to protect the health and safety of our campus community. So it's, uh, it's definitely been quite the year. Uh, if I could look forward and, uh, or back and say, well, what was one of the one thing that I learned? I guess it would, there, it's hard to pin it down into one thing, but I would say that leadership is important. Definitely leadership and the fact that when these kinds of things are happening across your organization, it's important to uh, to have the leadership role and to make sure that you're trying to provide vision during this time of chaos. And what does that sort of mean? What To me, that means is that as we're making lots of change or we're adapting to Uh, different policies or procedures for COVID-19. And as we're bringing back students and having them go to the classroom, it's it's important for a leader to provide the uh, the presence of calm and and of organization because many people across the campus are looking to you to find out what it is and is this really a concerning type of thing and Do we have confidence that we are going to be able to accomplish the multiple of tasks and the multiple and deal with the multiple issues that are before us? And I believe that the tone of your voice is important, that uh, your demeanor, the way you're dealing with people. And I think this is all such an important part of leadership. I also think it's important for uh, a leader to make sure that they're providing the vision even during times of chaos. So try to bring things down into short-term, medium-term, and long-term, and try to voice and communicate that and get input for people in these different areas. Of course, as we deal with things that are in the short-term, we're not going to be able to have as much consultation as we want with the medium-term and the long-term. But if you're only continuing to deal with the day-to-day, the short term, you're going to have at a certain point in time, a very tired organization that's in the higher stress kind of area. So it's important that when these are happening 
to have breakout sessions, to have sort of strategic planning sessions is what do we see happening next week, next month, and in the fall, and in the winter, and in the spring, so that we can, even during this chaos, be working towards our plan. And when people see that we are uh, accomplishing steps in the plan of moving forward, uh, uh, you can celebrate victories during this time, celebrate the accomplishments that people did, take time to recognize people for all of the work that they're doing. And this then helps you move forward to the medium uh, stage and then the longer term stage. Because as a leader, it's important that we're able to sustain and get our mission sort of accomplished. And right now, of course, this is lasting quite a long time, right? Much longer than maybe many of us thought originally when we were first thinking about this. We were thinking about fall, you know, yeah. fall of 2020. That would be the time where we back to normal. But as you can see, it's lasting much longer than that. <sighs> yep. And the so by having this sort of framework, it allows us to focus and stress uh, the importance of health of our employees, the importance of the sustainability of our efforts in moving forward is that we're in this for a, a little bit longer than we thought. Mm-hmm. And it's important that we can recognize some of these issues. And it, sort of later on in our conversation, I'll talk a little bit more about what I believe is the importance of taking care of the or focusing on the health and welfare of our staff and our colleagues and in uh, our constituent groups. Well, I like, Ron, that you said that you need to uh, display a presence of calm. You didn't say that you had to be calm. You said that there has to be a presence of calm and that you have a plan and a vision. But I think it does give people, um, if you're providing that leadership and that direction and that vision and that framework and the appearance of being calm, um, you know, it gives people something to respond and react to um, in a more productive way versus just complete chaos and um anarchy, if you will. So um, in the last couple of months alone, Ron, what would you say is one noticeable way that you've changed the way you lead or maybe changed the way that you've had to lead as a CBO? I think one of the, uh, I talked about it a little bit earlier. One of the things that uh, a noticeable thing that uh, we've changed in our organization is really to focus on the health and welfare of our staff and to make sure that this is more an integral part of our meetings, an integral part of our annual plan, and more of an integral part of the way that we're looking to address these issues moving forward. And what do I mean by that? I think that we have to recognize that while we've transitioned many of our functions to Zoom, or that we uh, now have different ways of coming to work and dealing with our colleagues, that that has a stress and it's caused stress in our organization. And we have to make sure as CBOs and leaders of the organization that we're first one aware, that we're cognizant of this, and that we're looking for areas in which to uh, address it, let people talk about it, and also what kind of things can we do to deal with this. And some of the things that we've done of course, just like many other people have done, or a lot of communication, whether it be 
virtual coffees? How are things coming along? Taking time, putting that in your schedule. Uh, town halls. What are the questions that people are uh, wondering about what's happening? How secure is my job? How secure is my position? How will I be impacted? And then there's other things that are impacting our uh, staff and colleagues, such as what does the workplace at home look like for those who are having to work at home? Maybe they have children who are taking classes at the same time that they're trying to work. And how does that impact them? And what can we do uh, as employers and as leaders to help them with that? Can we have some more flexible hours? Can we have block up times where we know that some of our staff are having to work with their uh, their children either uh, to work through the classrooms, that we give them that sort of quiet time so they can address that. But these are all important things uh, that I've really had to really make as part of our, uh, our management effort. We're maybe last year at this time not as focused because it goes back to the sort of sustainability of what we're talking about and the sustainability of being able to help our campus and to be able to we can do this for many many months going forward and so it's going to be important uh this type of discussion and effort that we're uh, having right now because i think you've heard that many people uh, are thinking about what's the workplace going to change like in the future right are all the people that were working at home are they coming back in the future into an office are they going to be working remotely are they going to be uh you know coming in part time how is it is it going to landing spots how is this going to work and i think as we go forward and we discuss that and develop ideas for that that we really have to focus on the health and well-being of our staff and make sure that that's an integral part of the solution that we have as we go driving forward. Yeah, and it's a really good point that you made earlier, Ron, and it kind of leads into the health and wellness piece that, you know, this is, we originally, I think we all thought this was going to be kind of uh, more like a sprint rather than a marathon, um, but it's definitely turning into more of a marathon. And then you definitely have some different considerations when it comes to pacing yourself and to dealing with all of that staff wellness and needs and being flexible. So those are really, really great points. Um, I wonder if we can talk shift gears just a little bit. I want to talk just not only to our CBO listeners, but to any listeners who might be considering a CBO role, CBO role as their next career move. You talked a little bit about the way that you've started changing your leadership skills, but more generally, and maybe even now given the pandemic, what would you say are the top three most important skills or attributes that are crucial for CBOs in today's higher ed- education landscape and maybe even moving forward? First of all, I would say I encourage all people to become a CBO if they're interested. It's a, it's one of the most rewarding uh, positions and jobs in that you're an integral part uh, to the success of the university's mission. And before I go into talk about the three parts, I think that the CBO, the offices that we uh, oversee and the departments that we oversee are really key to the success, as I mentioned, the campus. For example, one thing I do every year is in June, we normally have about 8,000 students graduate here at UC Irvine, and we have a celebration the week afterwards. And I like doing that because I talk to the staff and mentioned to them that no matter if you worked on the payroll, if you were uh, working on in construction, 
facilities maintenance, janitorial staff, you're an auditor or an accountant, that you played a role in those students coming across the stage and graduating. Many of them, over 50% of them, underrepresented minorities and also first-generation students, and that we played a key role in that, and that that's part of our contribution to the campus and that they should feel good about that. So with that, I would encourage everyone who's interested to continue to move forward. I think that one of the things that's important if a person is interested is that one, of course, is technical competence. Right. It's important that you be tactically competent in your area of expertise, whether it be budgeting, accounting, facilities. People have different ways in which they move up. And I think that has to be the basis of all of your success moving forward. And I think that the second part of this is the ability to deal with change. Why is that? That's because we happen to deal with departments that are very different in nature. Right, We can be overseeing the uh, controller, we can be overseeing the campus architect, and we can be overseeing facilities management and the janitorial staff. And the issues vary from day to day or from hour to hour, and you have to have the ability to shift from police to any of all these different areas. And so if you want to be in this position, I think that you have to be comfortable with change. and. I would also encourage you volunteer for any time you get a chance to work on campus committees and areas that don't deal with your area, because this helps broaden your skills and the knowledge of the university, which will help you be a better CBO in the future. And I think that one of the last things that I would think that's important to be a CBO is that you have to have a focus on people, really have to have a focus on Working with people in relationships, developing relationships across the campus. So whether you're just having simple things like reaching out to people to have coffee to find out how they're doing, how is the customer service going in their area? And you really have to sort of enjoy doing that. And I say the same thing with your staff. You really have to enjoy um, doing things with your staff. And I always call it investing in your staff. To be successful, uh, we always have the model, we're the uh, four-step model, but the first one, of course, is learning and growth. And what does that mean? To me, and our structure is, that means investing in our staff, making sure that they have the training that's available to them, making sure that they're part of NACUBO, WACUBO, being part of these conferences and learning and contributing to the profession, and also making sure that we're taking all steps to pr protect people's health and safety on the campus. So I think those are some of the key uh, issues or the key things that I know that drives me to be in this position and I believe that prepared me to be in this position and why I really enjoy uh, this and find it a worthwhile uh, contribution to the university and society. So I encourage all those that are not CBOs or those that are not in the area to pursue this area and I think you'll find it 
highly enjoyable and rewarding. You came up with a couple of things that I think are probably even more critical now, given our lovely global pandemic that we're dealing with. You know, having the ability to connect with people, like you were saying, to check in and make sure people are doing well. Like you can't necessarily, you don't, it's harder to do that if you don't have an existing relationship with those people. And then, you know, to your point about the ability to switch gears, I would imagine is coming in really handy right now because you're having to switch gears big time, um, as we all are. So I think those are really, really great skill sets to, to talk about. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about, you know, this is the question that everyone hates asking about a fabulous failure. So I'm not going to ask you about a fabulous failure. I'm going to ask you about a lesson you learned along the way. It could be something from the pandemic or maybe earlier in your career. Maybe it's a lesson you learned the hard way. But can you tell us about an experience that you had that you look back in hindsight and go, oh, I really learned a lot from that joyous experience. Yeah, thank you, Megan. There was uh, 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 a really good learning lesson that I learned uh, right when I fir- my first uh, uh, university position was working at University of California, Santa Barbara. And before that, I was the deputy CEO for the county of Santa Barbara under more of an executive uh, CEO model. And coming into a university, quite different, right? And so the more the relationship-based. and um, so one of the things is I, I proposed a sort of new uh, financial model or a new financial system that would be more collaborative with some of the different campuses in the UC system. And it's a long story, but I think that the, the essence in, of what I learned is that technical solutions aren't always the best. It has to be, you have to really focus and work with people on the relationships so that you can bring people on board, listen to their concerns, and make sure that that is all part of the proposed solution. Because that was a really good lesson for me. It also uh, was a good lesson for me that you need to take time many times to bring on more of these strategic issues, is that they can't be rushed, and that you have to have patience. And so... I think that that happened early on in my career in the, in, in the UC system. And, but I think that for me, it's been one of the most invaluable lessons for me to learn is that there's no real, you know, it's not really a hierarchical organization in, in a UC system or in higher ed. And you really have to work with people and that by doing that, you can achieve great things. And so with that, I pride myself here in that I have a very extensive outreach program uh, at the university where I constantly am meeting with assistant deans separately, deans separately, uh, having uh, breakfasts with the department chairs, and to really get out and have a feeling for what's going on on the campus, what are some of the important issues, how can we uh, serve them better, what kind of tools do they need, and constantly listening. And I think that's really my biggest piece of advice uh, is that it has to be an important part of any CPO's part of who they are and how they can be successful is it really has to focus on the relationship. I learned it in, in one of these earlier ones and I'm really glad I learned it early and I think it's been part of my success moving forward. It's fantastic and uh, it's an excellent, excellent point. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you, Ron, for just sharing just some of your insights and experience with our listeners today. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much and I find it quite an honor that I'm here and so thank you very much, Megan. You can find out more 
about Ron and today's episode by visiting the education section, then click podcasts of nakubo.org. Make sure you also subscribe to CBO Speaks and Apple Podcasts so that you'll get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Ron and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of CBO Speaks. Thank you.